Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everyone, welcome to Real Lives with Adam Con. So I'm back after a few weeks off. Um, it was a strange one, sort of... Uh, unintended few weeks without releasing an episode there. I intended to take a week off. I had some other things I was going to be working on at the time. And it was very weird. It sort of led to me, to be completely candid, doing nothing for the past six weeks. I've noticed uh, as someone who's admittedly bit of a workaholic in the restaurant industry. Being on furlough and trying to be productive from home is an entirely new experience. And it's definitely something I've struggled with trying to keep the ball rolling. And as I've clearly realised, the moment I stopped, my brain just stops working. You know, like any other muscle. If you don't use it enough, it will get weaker. But that being said, we're now back and starting, as normal, releasing episodes weekly. Today's episode is the latter half of the recording I did with Holly Parsons a few weeks ago. And in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about race, social media, the difference between generations perceiving the race issue, and... Trust me, the irony of two white people talking about race is not lost on me. However, it's just important to keep talking about it. And in a way, I'm really quite glad that I've left it this long to release this part of the session. Because this recording is from about six weeks ago now. And to those of you listening, I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of the noise surrounding Black Lives Matter is dimmed down on social media quite drastically, actually. Like I said, it's important to keep talking about it, so hopefully this may help some people keep it fresh in their mind. As always, you can find where to contact me in the episode description. Uh, any comments, remarks, I would love to hear from you. Please get in touch, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. I mean, I've, I've been... Um, I admit, I've been avoiding the conversation with my grandparents <clears throat> about BLM. Yeah. Now... The thing is, my mum raised me in very liberal upbringing. A case of, you know, my mum raised me to accept everyone, regardless of their background, mm. regardless of their identity, whatever. 
just accepts everyone because we're all just human beings unless you're a dickhead you know um, <laughs> yeah. so and i know my grandparents are very similar because they raised my mum to be like that but you know they are still from a different generation they still describe the corner shop owned by mm-hmm. pakistanis and indians in a way that i don't like to hear um that's something i brought up the other day to my family just call it shop yeah just call it a corner shop uh if they wanted to get a chinese takeaway they don't say chinese takeaway mm. you know so I've avoided talking about it with them. Uh, but I was on the phone to my nan like two days ago and she, she kind of brought it up. She goes, Oh, it's terrible. Isn't it? Like all the, all the riots and stuff. I was like, it, it is terrible, man. Yeah. But you know, and then she said, well, and it's kind of what you're saying about, you need to make sure you're paying attention to what you're listening to. Cause I mean, she's 80 years old, so she's not going to yeah. be fully clued onto it, but she went <laughs> bless her. She goes, Oh, what they're not telling though, what I realized the other day, it wasn't just a black man who got murdered. He was, he, he was getting arrested. So, you know, that's what people aren't telling you. I was like, no, no, that, that's the point. I was like, yeah. you know, a police officer killed this man. And she went, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she goes, no, she goes, fucking hell, no wonder everyone's kicking off. Then. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what? I, I mean, in a way it is good that she's like, oh, it's no wonder people are kicking off them. But I think our opinions and our perspectives obviously our bias if we're and i you know generation um the generation game as it were i think um is just it's such a big part in this my my mum said she was like your generation holly are people that are fighting for what you think is right wanting to make a change you're very open to any anyone um in society and i'm like yeah i mean going to uni i came across all walks of life do you know what i mean and it's um it's such i'm I'm glad obviously that i am someone who you know i don't not that i don't see differences obviously you know oh if that person's gay or oh if you know um that person's black or whatever you know i'm i'm 24 i'm not an idiot you can see differences but it's whether you choose to actually make that apparent and i think that's the big thing in this movement is you know if if uh if your friends with a with a girl with you know say an afro you don't um say oh you know can I touch your hair oh you've got really nice hair or oh you're pretty for a black girl and that's what that's the type of things that I'm trying to read up on because things that you don't um think that maybe you're being racist you know it is it's microaggression and all of that um but yeah back to the kind of generation thing I don't even think that is it stops just a you know BLM movement and things I think it's even like gender stereotypes as well I I remember um I think my mum said the other day that she had to pull my grandma up on a comment made where it's like I think my dad spilled his tea and she just said um oh leave that that that's a woman's job as in Mm -hmm. to clean it up and I and my mum said she sort of was like just taken aback by it and obviously you would be as like but that, again that's the life that they kind of had and that's that's what they're used to and it's very hard to re like unform your opinion I guess or unform your perspective if that's what you were brought up yeah <clears throat> you know I remember as a teenager I think I was about I'm trying to remember when this happened to me now fuck <laughs> I think it was about so 18 was it? Yeah. I was about 18 actually <laughs> And um, I was starting to become as, trying to become as independent as possible. So, you know, from about the age of 17, I was 
it's going to sound ridiculous for people from different households, obviously, but like my mum would obviously cook my dinner every night. But when I was about to start turning 17, I was like, no, mum, I want to start doing my own dinner. I want, I want to choose mm. what I'm going to eat. I'm going to go get it, whatever. And then I was like, oh, I, I, I want to start doing my own lunches for work. Now we actually worked in the same place, but, mm. and whatever, but she was saying, no, she was like, you can, if you want, she was like, I'm making my lunch. I might as well make your lunch anyway. But she was like, but she was like, you've got to remember, she was like, this is what I saw as a child. She was like, my mum, so my nan, would be making my granddad's lunches before he went off to the building site. Mm. So it's just kind of like the way she was raised in that yeah. sense. But that the, the generational gap when it comes to like the issues on race now, I mean... I, I think it's a bit folly to say that it's our generation who who were caring because, I mean, you, you look at the civil rights movement, like, what was that, 60 years ago? Mm. That was the generation that sort of preceded our parents' generation. And they were fighting yeah. for equal rights back then, 60 years ago. Yeah. It's kind of what oh, I said yeah, to my mum no, on the phone the other day. Yeah. You know, my mum said about all the, the rioting the violence is so unnecessary and i said well think about it from a black person's point of view mum i was like you're not black so you don't realize it you know yeah. you spent your whole life being discriminated against you're gonna be fucking angry oh yeah <laughs> and i said and i i did kind of say to her i was like if you were this age back when martin martin luther king was marching for equal rights what side of history would you want to be remembered for being on mm. now apply that to the year 2020 what side of history do you want to be remembered for being on? And she exactly. started to kind of see what I was talking about, but I got really hyped up and went on a rant, so that ruined my argument. <laughs> do you know, and I think it is so hard to not get yourself in a rant about it, I guess, depending on who you're talking to, whether they are open to being educated as well. Some people just can't, you know, they hate the fact that they will. someone else is telling them what to do or someone else is telling them how to be and it's not necessarily that at all but it's educating someone if someone's got more information about something that you know it is going to I think that's how I'm sort of sat here just with the knowledge that I have is the fact I am open and I see it from different people um different sides everything like that but yeah yeah I just sometimes I'm, I just get like lost for words about it really because I just and even then, this th what I'm about to say is seen as um, negative because, you know, I, I just want to sit here and be like, I just can't believe, you know, this is what the world is and I can't believe this is how far it's gone. And that, of course, can offend people because it's, um, you know, it's coming across the, what they have gone through for however many years, however um, discriminated against they've you know experience us as white people haven't picked up on it and us as white people haven't noticed it and called you know others out on it yeah um but yeah you're saying what you're about to say might come across as offensive but it is unfortunately it is a case of you know you just can't please all the people all the time it's fact and mm. it ties back into the social media which appears to be a prevailing subject in every episode i've had so far um I was listening to newspapers are just deceptive anyway, just because whoever writes, for example, for the sun 
or the star isn't going to be the same perspective as the daily express you know like in their position in society and things like that and what they believe is right and wrong that's why i tend to read i tend to read um from newspapers from both sides i will read from the times mm. the telegraph the independent the guardian so I'm, yeah. I'm getting like a range there um so yeah you can see both biases but i was listening to the uh, a podcast called the high low yesterday and they were discussing the blackout tuesday thing mm. and they were discussing how there were so many people who appreciated it and there were so many people who were saying this is a waste of fucking time so it doesn't matter what you do there are going to be people who aren't appreciative of what you're doing yeah you, you just kind of have to listen do your best yeah no, that's kind of all that's you the do. thing and it, you know it's, it's what's going around if you make a mistake you know like i did on that blackout tuesday i did a hashtag black lives matter mm. and then obviously you get so many swarms of people quite rightly um messaging you saying don't use that hashtag because that is a hashtag that people out, yeah. will yeah it's just black yeah like say black um blackening it out for the actual resources that are needed so obviously you edit it and then um, you hold your hands up and you know this is so new and it's not not just with the movement but like lockdown itself or um global warming like it can all be new to us if if we've not invested our time and our brain into it obviously we're going to be making mistakes and then all you've you know you've just got to learn from it and be mature enough to develop i guess mm. from it because there's also that realization from a from a white person's point of view and obviously I know you're not racist. No, I'm not racist. But it is that problem of we're now realizing that it was never enough to just be not racist. And you then feel so guilty about the fact that you haven't been advocating this for, yeah. until just now. And you just have you experienced the same thing? I've generally just felt not to make it about me because it by far is not about me, but I, I felt absolutely mm. wretched because I was like, fuck, I have been part of the problem by not advocating it enough. Yeah. But it's, it's things that you don't even realize, you know, like my old job, for example, how many, um, how many white people, you know, works at that job? Or, you know, if you pick up a hobby, say you play football, how many white people as opposed to black were on the team? And it's like, when you actually look and you know brands and things things like that shopping brands or amazon for example you've just you know you learn things that are just because you're 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 taking the time to actually learn and educate yourself on where your you know next shop is actually coming from like all of my clothing brands that i will go and buy something from are yeah awful basically <laughs> so what's this i've seen about boohoo by the way so Boohoo um, own, I, th I think they're the owners. So I think that's why that name is the most um, upfront, I guess. But it also covers Nasty Gal, Pretty Little Thing. All of these women um, clothing brands um, basically just, you know, where they get their products from, how they get them made are basically not even not even minimum wage are paying the people that work for them which i i can't actually uh remember now whether it was prison labor or whether it was just um again from an underprivileged uh disadvantaged community um but the workers yeah basically just are getting completely 
um not the same treatment as obviously you would if you um I guess were white or if you um because the items are cheap so they're cheaper than if you go to um I don't know a designer brand so obviously if you pay cheap you know you've got to question the background that it's come from um but yeah the, the main thing from that is that they just don't pay their workers even, even minimum wage so I think I think even like three pound eighty, I don't think these people are getting for working yeah. for the brand. And then they're like multi multinational corporate company. You know, and anyone any one of my friends orders from there um, on the reg. And so yeah, you just sort of think they need to be treating their workers with a bit more respect. Well, I was actually um, about a year ago. <clears throat> I was introduced to someone. She owns a clothing company over in america she wants to spread over to england and i was offered the chance to launch the company in england wow. under license of her designs and in the end i stepped away uh, because i worked out the only way i could make a profit was by getting everything made over in asia mm. and then shipping it over and i'll be honest it's bad enough that i'm buying clothes from shops that pay uh these other countries like you say pennies an hour and then ship it all over yeah. it is bad enough that i'm buying these clothes because i'll be honest i genuinely cannot afford to buy ethically made clothing i didn't want to be part of the problem as well and i think this is it as well you know coming back to it is you want you want to make a difference but sometimes you can't help ev like everything so my, you know the shops that i shop in i go to primark i think i i don't want to say um zara because actually i don't shop at zara but i'm not sure if they one of the um if they're what am i saying if their name was actually <laughs> part part of the list but you know boohoo pretty little thing nasty gal all of these brands which are you know apps online those are the most most shops that i, I go and i and i use um, so obviously it is just taking the time to sit there and actually try and find, um, shops to replace them, I guess, because I haven't bought anything from them since I'm not saying I won't ever again. Um, but I think in this, in this current time, it'll be hypocritical of me to share all these resources and kind of learn about where the clothes come from and the workers and things like that. And then just carry on shopping there and it's the same with amazon but again it's that effectiveness next day delivery or oh it'll come in two days it's convenient and i think that's it we rely solely on convenient stores and convenient shops and sizes that you know you know for, for a girl anyway my size 12 won't be the same at that shop than it is at that shop and you know so once you find a brand that fits you how you like, it's going to be very hard to then go and find something else for the price, for the size, for the actual clothes that you like. You know, it's inconvenient, but if you want to make a difference, that's something you've got to do. And that's, that's the challenge in the, uh, in the corporate world, trying to find a mm. company you like that is also operates ethically. Um, yeah. Because Which is very hard to find. It's very rare when you find when you find in these international companies. They're not they they couldn't give a shit because they literally just want to make as much money as possible. Mm. And that's also the case of when stuff is cheap. The stuff is cheap because they're able to manufacture it cheaper, unethically. That's why it does tend to be more ethical companies have to charge more because operating mm. costs are higher. 
Yeah. Um, I recently saw someone posted on social media somewhere boycott these companies because they are they've donated to Trump's 2020 campaign. Mm. McDonald's was on the list. Yeah, Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, um, I believe. Taco probably um, Taco Bell. So I did start to look into it, and it's something I'm going to be doing very soon. Is <laughs> look at everywhere that I am a consumer of. Mm. Just really look into their background because it is true. I, I I put it on my family group chat because my sister loves McDonald's. I I, I do as well. You know. So uh, I said to her, I was like, every have time you, you buy a burger, up no, 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 because that's no. it. Now every time you buy a burger from McDonald's, you're now. I mean, you're not directly supporting Trump, but you're funding yeah. the company that supports Trump. But I think this is it. Um, obviously, especially now, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go, and I haven't done, I haven't gone and queued up for two hours just for, a, you know, six pack of nuggets. But I'm not going to sit here and say, because I know it's not going to be true. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm never going to go to McDonald's again because, you know, I don't, I don't even know, need to go into my reasons, but I know that's not going to happen and it'll be very hypocritical for me to yeah, sit because you're going to get drunk one day and you're going to crave some chicken nuggets. Oh, I know you. Exactly. <laughs> you, you just know it. However, if you are someone that has a McDonald's without fail three times a week, that is probably when you need to start to reassess yourself and think, it, can my money go on something maybe a bit better? I mean, maybe not going every single week. And actually go once every two months. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's those kind of things. And I don't know. I think it's hard. Actually, yeah. I, I don't really want to say that because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be nasty to these companies, you know, and boycott them and like have them go um, out of business. But then actually you're like, well, yeah, if, if they're not. Oh, what was the word you used? It was a really good word. Ethical. Uh, ethical. Yeah. If they're not ethical, why should they be allowed to just you know, profit, 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 mm. and then actually not treat people with respect or, um, yeah. But you've raised a fair point, you know, it does get to a point of, you know, I admit I, I'm going to go to McDonald's at some point, but I'm not going to give them my money anywhere near as much as I used to. Mm. You know, I, I used to work on the road a lot and I know if you've got to get from one site to another in record time, you, and yeah, you're going to stop at a drive-thru it's just life you know i think that's it i think it, i think it's look where you are and right i can either drive in there and go to mcdonald's or i can just pull up at, um this van you know um, i know so many cafes around my area who haven't been able to open because of lockdown have you know got these vans and they do breakfast and things like that for takeaway for builders and things um obviously i'm not saying oh yeah just pull up somewhere at the side of the road that'll be safe but Obviously, if you know that that is just a family-run business or a local business, they're obviously going to be struggling too, especially during lockdown and, um, you know, the economy and things like that. If decision, make the right one, go to the local business, you know, for a coffee. I'm, I'm not going to go into Starbucks probably ever, ever again, <laughs> but because um, I think they were on the list and, you know, they were bad even before this. I saw something taxes. last night, apparently they've uh, told all their employees they're not allowed to wear any form of BLM supportive yeah. wear. But the problem is, I, I haven't looked at the article and it is like we said earlier, you need to kind of just double check these things. It might be a fact of it's their uniform policy not to wear anything that isn't their uniform, including badges. Yeah, yeah. see, I shared it, but they 
I don't think it's a uniform thing because they're allowed to wear, um, you know, those pins that you can pin to your clothes mm. and people have worn before, you know, things for pride month and things like that. I think what, what we don't know reading those articles, I mean, I shared it anyway. So obviously I formed an opinion, but I do sit there and think obviously coming from a hospitality perspective, if you are sort of there working for Starbucks and, um, you do have a t-shirt or whatever and you're representing a certain movement or whatever um then you're going to i think it's probably a safety thing especially now when it's so heightened and it's so um in the media uh you know with protest and you know they can turn violent i think the only thing that i could say from their perspective is maybe they've done it to protect their staff from their customers and causing kind of um yeah unsafe environments that's the mm. only thing that i can maybe think because they've like i say they've let them wear i think t-shirts in the past or badges and pins and things to support like i said pride but you know it's whether you think it's right or wrong to go and send it to all of your staff saying that they can't you know because you know i say you know all the time this is something that i pick up on as well <laughs> that's what i do <laughs> but um uh people you know people communicate and people can have, what's the difference wearing something saying that you're for um for movement rather than even a conversation you know i can talk to you and say i'm for that movement so other than it being visual and it probably be a conversation starter mm. there's no difference if someone's advocating that and wants to go out and be an activist then it's gonna happen either way whether they wear it on a t-shirt or not it like that that kind of ties in with my reluctance to share too much on social media at the moment <clears throat> i've been mostly focused on consuming information rather than sharing it i've shared a couple of bits um mostly podcasts because i'm very biased obviously <laughs> with sharing other people's podcasts to support that industry but other articles and stuff it compared to and th- th- there is no right or wrong or even but if i say compared to yourself you shared so much which is fantastic <laughs> yeah. i've just personally chosen to only share very specific but one um specific mediums that have especially resonated with me other than that i'm mostly but the thing is people like you i'm finding so useful because i mean you're one of the few people i'm getting most of my um blm information <laughs> from because you've compiled it all for me perfectly in one space easy thank you <laughs> but I'm, i i think that's it I, I don't do it because i don't want to i don't want to be like oh i'm the best because i've shared the most because some things that you share aren't you know going to educate anyone they're not resources it's just an opinion or it's a saying and you know my best friend for example barely shares anything i mean regardless of whether there's a movement or a protest going on she barely really shares on her social media anyway everyone is different for me i see something and i guess I can be quite opinionated, uh, um, things like that. But also I just think the more I share, the more, like you've just said, it could help someone who maybe doesn't have access to those resources. That doesn't mean what I share is right. It doesn't mean what I share is the only perspective to have. Like, like we've said this whole um, time, I can still get things wrong. Um, it is literally just so that someone can have a form of access, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but just because you don't share doesn't mean that you're not for the movement and it doesn't mean you're not helping, you know, there's petitions to sign, there's conversations and things like that. You still help. 
just because you post something doesn't mean oh that's me done for the day is being active um and you know making these i guess uncomfortable conversations even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 